Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. God for your presence here. We ask your God that you speak to us. Father, as you have begun with us, may you finish with us. For we can feel your presence here. Holy Spirit, may you subdue every voice that is not of the Spirit of God. May you overcome every voice that is not the voice of God. Any high thing that will lift itself against the Spirit of God, we subdue you. Amen. That the Spirit of God will have His way and the Word of God will go forth and will accomplish His purpose. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Dear Lord, I avail myself to you. Amen. Use me only as a vessel Amen. and let all the glory come to you. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Put your hands together for the Lord. As you are clapping for Jesus Christ. Amen. And you may be seated. You know, oftentimes I see how people clap for people on TV when people get a award and I hear the clap. And even if you are not watching TV, you turn your eye to see what is happening. And when we are clapping for God, we are cheap in our clap. We always ought to give God the best. Amen. Well, for some time now, we have been sharing from the book, The Art of Ministry, during our Feeding 527 session. Now, Feeding 527 in Lighthouse is a period of the year where we select few weeks and we preach from one of the books that our Bishop has written, and um, it blesses us so much. Now, this is an extra week that we missed. We, it was supposed to be a six-week sharing from the book, The Art of Ministry, but um, we missed one week, and so we are making it up for the week. Is it a good thing? Yes. The book is so powerful, and it is so great. And I am standing here with no doubt in my mind that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he had anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And as the word is coming, he said that he will send it to heal the brokenhearted. If you are here with a broken heart, you will not live here the same. I said, if you are here with a broken heart, you will not live here the same. Amen. If you feel you are under some captivity, if some evil forces and dark forces have taken you under captive, I am coming to tell you that you'll be delivered from that captivity this afternoon. Hallelujah. And those who are blind are receiving sight. I say your sight is being recovered this afternoon. Hallelujah. 
as the word of God is coming, is going to set men free. It is setting you at liberty in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Wonderful. So today we want to share from one of the chapters that I picked. And it's um, chapter number 11. Chapter 11 of the book, The Art of Ministry. Do you have your copy? Wonderful. Why don't you turn your books, open your books to chapter 11, which is page number 75 in a hard copy. And um, we're going to read it together. We're going to study it together, and I believe God is going to bless us. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Wonderful. So chapter 11, it says, why some people do not prosper at work? Why some people do not prosper at work? Amen. Amen. There must be a reason why some people prosper at work and some do not prosper at work. Hallelujah. It says some people do not prosper because they are in the wrong job. Some people do not prosper in their work because they are in the wrong job. Amen. Amen. Even when you are diligent and hardworking, being in a job you are not suited for will destroy you. Hallelujah. If you are smart, you are diligent, you work very hard, and you are working in a job that you are not suited for, it will destroy you. Hallelujah. You will not shine and you will not excel. You will never excel in a job that you are not suited for because you are not born for that kind of job you have chosen. Isn't it amazing? Are we born for certain jobs? It says because you are not born for that kind of job. Amen. I heard Apostle Joel sharing something and it blessed me so much in Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 4. You know, that we are born into certain jobs. We are born into certain jobs. And you see, we don't even seek to pursue the job that we were born into. Amen. It says, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Before I formed thee, I knew thee. I knew you even before you were formed. Amen. And then he says, And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee and ordained thee unto, the, unto a prophet. I ordained thee a prophet unto the nation. Amen. Amen. That is before you were formed. Before you were born. Before God put your paths together, he had a plan. You were being made to be born or you were being formed in a womb to be born into a particular work. Amen. Amen. And then he says, then said I, ah. You see, that is what a lot of us say. We say, why don't you do this? Why don't we give you this job? You say, ah. Why don't you say, ah? How many of you have said that before? They say, oh, there is, um, there is a security job here. You say, ah, someone like me. There is a nurse's aid job here. You say, ah, there is a babysitting job here. 
and you are very good at children. You manage, we say, go to the Sunday school and teach the children. Ah! Say, ah! I like to stand before the choir and sing. Sunday school with the babies and their diapers and they are making, ah! Say, ah! So this is what Jeremiah, God said, before I formed thee in the womb, I knew thee. And I, God, who formed you, I ordained you. I sanctified you. That means that I separated you. I put you aside and designed you specifically to walk in the work of a prophet. And then you say, ah! He says, ah, Lord God, come on. You know, that is what it means. Ah, Lord God. Big mistake. I know you are God, but me. He said, ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak. I can't even talk. He says, I cannot speak, for I am a child. I am a child. Amen. Now, can you imagine that God is making you He's bringing you up. He formed you to do a work that requires a lot of speaking. A work that requires you prophesying over the people, speaking prophecies over the people, sharing the word of God. And he says, ah, I cannot even speak. And he said, I formed you. I formed you. And I knew thee. I knew you even before you were formed. And I had a plan when I was forming you. I knew what you were to become. But the Lord said unto him, Say not, I'm a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Amen. 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 Isn't that amazing? So you will not shine and you will not excel because you are not born for the kind of job you have chosen. Amen. You cannot shine in the kind of job that you have chosen. Hallelujah. You know, Eli, when I think of people like Eli, Eli was a good priest. He was a good pastor. He brought up Samuel into the ministry. He knew the voice of God, and he could identify with the voice of God, and he could bring up people to become pastors. But Eli was not a good father. He wasn't a good father. He was living with children just like Samuel, but he could not bring them up to be proper children. Amen. But he was a good priest. As far as working in his work, the calling of God upon his life was concerned, he was a good priest. Amen. David was a good leader. He was a very strong leader that led a nation to overcome and conquer the Philistines. But David was not a good father. Hallelujah. So number one, he says, why some people do not prosper at work? He says, you cannot prosper without a calling. You cannot prosper without a calling. You cannot prosper without a calling. Hallelujah. When you are not called to something, you get into all sorts of difficulties. Hallelujah. He says, A train is not designed to fly. No matter how it is positioned on the runway, 
If you bring a train and you position it on the runway, just as a plane will position on a runway and put a lot of speed in it and let it move as fast as possible, it is impossible for that train to fly. Because, why? Because it was designed to stay on the ground and to move along rail tracks. Therefore, it can never fly. Hallelujah. He said, it is important that you find your calling because you are designed to do specific things. You are designed to do specific things. The one who made you must have had something in mind when he made you. When God was putting you together, he must have had something in mind. I don't think we have all the variations that we have for nothing. That some look this way, some look that way, some are light-skinned, others are dark-skinned, others are short, others are tall, others are heavy, others are skinny. I believe God had different kinds of reasons for making this variation. And then he says, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. He said, your design was not an easy thing. Your design was not an easy thing. You were fearfully and wonderfully made. Hallelujah. To do great things. Amen. Amen. So I am not surprised when the scripture says that it is God who giveth thee power to get wealth. It is God who gives you power to get wealth. Because he had an idea. He had a mind. He had a, a design in his mind. You see, it is like someone who sat down and designed a car. And he knew the reason why he made each part of the car. And he made several parts. And he knew that if I put this part and that part and this together, this car is going to have this kind of power called V6, V8. They had that in mind, that the car that I'm designing is going to have a V8 power. It's going to have a V6 power. Amen. Amen. So God must have had something in mind. And if you have that car, and you will go by the manual and the manufacturer's specifications and the manufacturer's recommendation, that is the only way you're going to have the maximum power of that car. Now, if God designed you and God had something in mind why he designed you and you do not even know the designer, the one who made you, you don't know him. You don't know his book. You don't know the manual that he designed for this particular engine that you are sitting here. So then you are operating in a very suboptimal prosperity and forces. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So he says, I know how I formed thee. Now, if you will go by what I designed for you, if you will do what I am asking you to do, then I'm going to give you the power to make wealth because your design has specific power. And if you follow that, then the maximum power of your design will come to being. Amen. Amen. So, you know, a designer has come, an engineer has come out with this wonderful car, and you have bought the car. And then you take the car to a mechanic, 
especially in a certain country, which name begins with a G. You take it to the mechanic. And then you say, oh, this thing is not working to its maximum. I want you to fix it. And then when you go back to get your car, there are so many things that he has taken off the car. And he says, you don't need them. Take the car. And he said, this was in the car. That was in the car. He said, oh, you don't need them. You know, this car was designed by some white man. When they finish eating, you know, they are full. They have too much money. So they put all these unnecessary things. And then they throw them out. He said, take your car like that. That car will never perform to its maximum. Because whoever designed that car had parts in mind and knew that if these parts are in place, then the car will have this power. Yeah. Hallelujah. Then the car will have its power. Amen. Amen. So if you don't know God, then I am announcing to you that you are operating under a very suboptimal conditions. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. No one is an accident. No one is an accident. You may have appeared to be an accident to some people. And they say, you were not supposed to be born. You know, it was by accident that you happened to have been born. But to God, you were not an accident. He says, I knew thee. I knew It doesn't matter what form or shape the people came together for you to be born. But I knew thee before you were formed. I knew thee. And I sanctify you. I sanctify you. To become this person. Amen. Amen. So no one is an accident. Moses was not an accident. The birth of Moses was not, was not an accident. Amen. That is why he was preserved. That is why he was protected. God had in mind something about Moses. He was not an accident. Amen. That is why God hid him. And God hid him in the enemy's home. Amen. I said God hid him in the enemy's home. Amen. Amen. But Moses didn't know even his calling. He didn't know. Look at Exodus chapter 3 and verse 11. Let's read from the NIV quickly. Exodus chapter 3 and verse number 11. Exodus 3 and verse 11. It says, but Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt. Do you see that? God has called him, and he said, look, for more than 400 years, I have had plans to deliver my people. And when the time came, before you were formed in the womb, I knew thee, and I designed you, and I sanctify you to be the one who is going to lead my people out of Egypt. So God calls him, and he says, now, this is the work that I want you to do. He says, he says, Moses said, who am I? Who am I? So you know yourself even more than God knows you. He says, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Who am I? Amen. Amen. And then verse, chapter 4, verse 10. Chapter 4, verse 10. He says, Moses said to the Lord, Oh Lord, I have never been eloquent. As God is giving him his assignment, his job, the plans that God had for 400 years, and God designed him, and God called him, he says, Lord God, I am not even eloquent. 
I have never been eloquent. As God is talking to him, and God could hear him, God could hear his voice. You know, there are some of you I have asked, I say, why don't you join the choir? I say, oh, ah, God. Or oh, ah, Reverend. I can't even sing. Some of you, sometimes I'm just talking to you and I say, by your voice, I think you can sing. How many have I said that to before? There are some of you sitting here, I've told you, but you don't want to lift up your hands. He says, Moses said to the Lord, Oh Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither in the past, nor since you have spoken to your servant. I have never been eloquent, even in my past, and even presently as I'm talking to you, it has not changed. I am slow of speech and tongue. Verse 11, the Lord said to him, Who gave man his mouth? Who gave man his mouth? He says, who makes him deaf or mute? Who made man? Who knew the man before he was formed? Who gave man his mouth? Who made him deaf and mute? Who gives him sight or makes him blind? Is it not I the Lord? Is it not I the Lord? Beloved, you were fearfully and wonderfully made. May the Lord open your eyes to see your calling. May the Lord open your eyes to walk in your calling. To respond to your calling. Hallelujah. Because when you are walking, when you are working in your calling, you will prosper. Many people do not prosper because they don't work in their calling. They don't work where the Lord made them to be. Verse 12, he says, now go, I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. But Moses said, oh Lord, please send someone else to do this. He said, oh Lord, do you see how we respond to the call of God? Someone said, ah God. So he said, oh Lord, oh Lord, send someone else to do this. Then the Lord's anger burned against Moses. And he said, what about your brother? You see, sometimes when you are given the alternative to do, it is out of anger. Sometimes when you keep refusing and refusing and say, okay, go and do this, it is out of anger. Sometimes you are counseled and we say, stop this, stop this, do this, don't do that, stop this, stop this, stop this. And then you refuse and then you keep pushing for an alternative your way it is out of anger you are yield to do what pleases you. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So he says, what about your brother Aaron and the Levite? I know he can speak well. You see, God knew that there is a brother who can speak well. God knew about Aaron who can speak well, but he formed you and he sanctified you even before you were born for this particular job. Not Aaron. Amen. Amen. So he said, oh, Reverend, let this person do this. Oh, not me, not me, not me. He says, he is already on his way to meet you, and his heart will be glad when he sees you. Hallelujah. Amen. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you this afternoon? Amen. Jesus was not known to be a popular carpenter. 
How many of you heard that, you know, some wild designer has arisen in Israel and his name is Jesus? Some wild designer carpenter, you know, I don't know, I've not read that in the Bible. But he was born in a, a family of carpentry. He was, I believe he, was, he grew up working in a carpentry shop. Amen. Sometimes delivering someone's chair. Hallelujah. I believe Jesus' nails never miss. He never missed a nail. Because Jesus, he didn't like waste. Even when he has fed 5,000 people and there's crumbs on the floor, he asked them to pick. So he will, if Jesus were to come and build something for you, you will not lose a single nail. But you see, we never heard of Jesus being a great carpenter. But when he walked in his calling, when he walked in what God designed him for, the reason for which he was made, he was a great minister. He was a great pastor. He was a wonderful miracle worker. And today we still talk about him. He prospered in the calling. He prospered in the work that he was called into. Hallelujah. And there was a time, one time, the disciples of John came to him. And they, were, they, they, they had some argument because they said Jesus was baptizing and John was also baptizing people. And the disciples of John came to Jesus and they said, you know, that guy that you introduced in the ministry, the guy that, remember, the guy that showed up and you were talking about him. And let's read that. John chapter 3. John chapter 3 and maybe we can read from verse 22. John chapter 3 and verse 22. He says, after this, Jesus and his disciples went out into the Judean countryside where he spent some time with them and baptized. Now, John was also baptizing at Anon near Salim because there was plenty of water and people were constantly coming to be baptized. This was before John was put in prison. An argument developed between some of John's disciples and certain Jews over the matter of ceremonial washing. There was an argument. They came to John and said to him, Rabbi, that man, that man who was with you on the other side of the Jordan, you see, that's how they were describing Jesus. It's like, you know, you come to your pastor and you say, Rev, did you see that guy who was in church that you were talking about? He said, that man who was, who was with you on the other side of Jordan, the one you testified about, you remember? Well, he's baptizing and everyone is going to him. So they were not happy. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? They said, he's baptizing and everyone is going to him. It looks like his church is increasing. It looks like all the people who are here now, they are all moving there. And John laid things in the right perspective. Let's read on. Let's see. Look at this. To this, John replied. Are you listening to me? Are you reading with me? To this, John replied. He says, a man can receive only what is given him from heaven. You can receive only what is given you from heaven. If you don't know what is given you from heaven, you cannot receive anything. 
Beloved, let it be your heart desire to search what is given you from heaven. A man can receive only what is given him from heaven. It is your work as a nurse. Is it giving you from heaven? Is your work, your desire to be a doctor, is it giving you from heaven? You see, we pursue careers that we don't even pray about. You will not prosper in a thing that you are not called into. You will not do well if you are not called into doing something. He says, a man can receive only what is given him from heaven. You yourselves can testify that I said, I'm not a Christ, but I'm sent ahead of him. The bride belongs to the bridegroom. Do you see? John is laying things in the right perspective. He said, the bride belongs to the bridegroom. The friend who attends the bridegroom waits and listens for him. And is full of joy when he hears the bridegroom's voice. The joy is mine and it is now complete. He says, my calling is what I'm doing and it is my joy and it is complete. Shortly after this, John was taken to prison and his head was cut off. But you see, he could have been popped up and then he would be pursuing and trying to do what Jesus was doing. And that will not be his calling. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? That will not be his calling. Hallelujah. If we will walk in the call, if we will walk in what God has called us into, we will do very well. We will prosper. Hallelujah. The second one, he says, you cannot prosper with the wrong temperament. You cannot prosper with the wrong temperament. Amen. Amen. If you are doing something and it's not your temperament, you will never prosper. He says, perhaps, this is one of the most important points in this book. He says, make sure that you are doing a job suited to your particular temperament. If you are a choleric person, find a leadership job that is suitable for choleric people. Amen. Cholerics are people who are very strong leaders. If you are a choleric, you will be a good leader. So if you are a choleric and you are not a leader and you are assistant, you realize that you are a very poor assistant. You cannot assist if you are a choleric. You will always be fighting with the leader. The leader will never be happy with you. So if you are a choleric, your job is a leadership position. Amen. There are some of you who are choleric and we are asking you to lead, be an area fellowship shepherd. And you don't want to. You can organize people and we call you and we give you this job. Organize people, you don't want to. You can lead people, but you don't want to. Amen. Amen. Melancholic people are people who are gifted and organized. They are quiet and they are peaceful. Very organized. Very peaceful. And you need such people. If you are a a, a melancholic, you have to find a job where it requires organization, where it requires patience. When people make a mess, you are the one that put together the place. You see, we need a melancholic to work at the cry room, for instance. 
Because a melancholic, when you sit in the cry room, you cannot help but to begin putting things together. How many of you have felt like that? You went to the cry room and you felt like putting things together over there. Nobody's a melancholic. Merci. All right, let's move on to the next one. Phlegmatics. A phlegmatic temperament is someone who loves monotonous work. You are a monotonous person. You like, to, you like to be in a job where you don't change. You do the same thing until you retire. You don't like promotion. You don't like change. Even you don't like your office to be moved. You don't even want the place to be painted. It's just the way it is. You want it to be like that. Hallelujah. That is a phlegmatic person. Like teachers. Teachers are phlegmatics. They like to do the same thing over and over, and they love to do it. And when the teacher gets a new class, it is as if he has never taught this class before, or he has never taught this course before. He begins with such energy and with such zeal, gives, and this he has done for 30 years, the same thing. He tells the next class the same thing. But you should see the zeal and the enthusiasm with which he wants to begin. And such people, they do very well, and they produce graduates, they produce doctors, doing the same thing, produce doctors after doctors, lawyers after lawyers. Engineers, they all come through them. Amen. And then there are some who are sanguines. A sanguine is someone who is very disorganized, but always happy. They are enthusiastic. They want to do everything. They want to jump in. You give them something, you say, oh, go and serve these people. Oh, they will throw everything on themselves. They will spill it. They will make a mess of themselves. And then they are joking about it. They are laughing. That is a sanguine. Very disorganized. They are always losing their keys in their own apartment. That is a sanguine. Amen. Amen. Every weekend, finding the dress is a big issue because the dress is amongst a pile. And what did I put? I just bought it yesterday. Who has taken it? Nobody has taken it. It's your sanguinous behavior that is hidden. Every time they can't find one pair of socks. Every time they have lost a pair of socks. That is a sanguine. And they ask you, you can't find, they are not angry. They are okay. They are laughing. Everything is a joke. They are laughing, always laughing about something. That is a sound. But you see, if you are like that, you need to find a job suitable because you were also made fearfully and wonderfully. And if you were to find your work, the work that God called you into, you realize you do very well. A sanguine, when he's in a group, he makes the group always happy and energized to work. And sometimes they are hired for that, to prosper. Amen. Some of you do a sanguinity. You, you, are, you are taking care of some old person, and you make a mess in the whole house. She's very happy to keep you. You see, you make the person very happy, but you are so disorganized. Every time she says, let's go for grocery. I can't find the keys. I brought, I left it here. The old lady cannot pick up a key. You are with a person alone. 
And you say, I left it here. Where did you put it? I put it right here. Where did you take it? She didn't take it anywhere. There's some guinous behavior. You can't find the key. Amen. How many of you have seen such a person before? The third one, he says, you cannot prosper in the wrong company. You cannot prosper in the wrong company. Amen. Amen. You can prosper in the wrong company. He says, if you do not have to sit with sinners all day long, you are truly blessed. Amen. Some of you, your job is such that you are with sinners all day long. <laughs> Profane. They say all sorts of things. Some of you young men, you are with sinners. They are having conversation, awful conversation. You see, the preaching, now I see that the preaching goes very fast, so I can't say certain things. I see, I see that people listen to the preaching, even at the workplaces, so I can't say certain things. But I have certain things that I, I would like to say, but I can't say them. Amen. Hallelujah. No, people are listening to the podcast. Amen. But pray that God will give you people whose company you will enjoy. People who will encourage you. A company that will bring you up. A company that encourages you. Amen. It says, Psalm 1 and verse 1. It says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, it's okay, we can read from the NIV. He said, blessed is the man that walketh not or does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. You are blessed if you are not surrounded by such people. Pray that God will take you away from that environment so that you can prosper. Amen. I tell you, I have some examples, but I cannot say that. I can't say them. Ah. Ah. It pains my heart that I can't say them. It is well. But pray that God will take you out of such environment. Or God will remove such people from your company. Amen. May they be transferred away from you. He says that, Blessed is that man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. Now, now, some of you also in church, you will do very well, but you walk in the counsel of the wicked. There are some wicked people who counsel you. Even in your work in the church. There are certain people that you have conversation with, but you understand that it's wicked conversation. Look, if you are doing anything for God, take this key. You're doing anything for, for God, and you speak to someone, and after your conversation, you feel like not doing that thing. It is an evil spirit. Take it from me. God will never bring you to a place where it will remove you from his work or from love for him. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? It makes you now take another aloof position that I am being careful with myself. You see, as you are doing, you are doing things, you see that it brings certain joy and it brings certain progress and prosperity. But after conversation with this person, you say, why do they always let you cook? Why do they always let you do this? Have you, have you thought about it? They're using you. Why are you always using your money for this? Why are you always doing this? You say, ah. 
That is an evil spirit. I said, that's an evil spirit. Amen. Amen. You will not do well in a wrong company. Hallelujah. Or in a wrong environment. You need to be surrounded by the right people. People who will encourage you. Amen. You know, when David came and Goliath was mocking the people of Israel, you know, the first group of people, the first company that he encountered were his own brothers, senior brother. And he discouraged him. He discouraged him so much. He said, go and take care of, where have you left the few sheep? Look, men of war, men of war, warriors are talking. Look at the soldier that is standing there. Little boy, you see your arrogance. That makes you come around even to see these things. And David just left that company. And then he moved on to another company. And then as he just began asking, who is this guy who is mocking the people of Israel? And the person just opened a door to him. He says, now let us go to the king. And that led David to fight. In the call that God has called him, that led David. In the right company, David found the right job. And an opportunity was open for him to fight Goliath. Hallelujah. He would never would have succeeded. Amen. If somebody understand what I'm sharing with you, he would never would have succeeded. Joseph, Joseph had to be moved away from his brothers, from his brother's company in order to fulfill his calling, in order to fulfill his dream job. To be a prime minister, the dreams, all the dreams that he had, and fulfilling that dream for that dream to come to pass, he had to be moved from that company. And sometimes the company is, does not even look like you want to be there. But the God who formed thee and knew thee and ordained you and sanctified you, he knows where he's taking you. Amen. Amen. And none of the environment looks like this is the right one for you. But if you are led by the Spirit of God, if you have prayed about it, hallelujah, Amen. you will come to the right company. Abraham had to be moved from his father's home so that God can multiply him and bless him so he can become a blessing in the nation. Hallelujah. If somebody understand what I'm sharing with you, Moses had to be moved from Pharaoh's palace. Moses had to be moved from Pharaoh's palace into the wilderness even to hear of his calling. That he was born to be a leader, but he had to move from that company. They would have always treated him as Pharaoh's daughter's son. And he would never would have become anything. The one, the father, that son without the father, bastard. Amen. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Jacob had to leave his brother's company to go and prosper. And he prospered very well in the work that God called him to do. And then he came back prosperous. Hallelujah. Let's move through quickly. He says, you cannot prosper in a meaningless job. You can't prosper in a meaningless job. Ecclesiastes 2 verse 11. He says, then I looked on all the works that my hands had wrought. And on the labor that I had labored to do. And behold, all was vanity and vexation of spirit. And there was no profit under the sun. If you work in a meaningless job, you will never prosper. 
A job that has no meaning. You are called to be a policeman. And this is your job. What do policemen do? They protect people, they bring peace, they arrest people. But in a certain country, if you are called to be a policeman, it's a meaningless job because you don't protect people, you don't bring peace, you take bribes. That is all you do. And you will never prosper. It's a meaningless job. And you will never prosper. You will hardly see someone doing a job like that and having prosperity. But there are other places, the policemen, they have meaning to their job. And they prosper. Amen. Amen. They prosper. Hallelujah. Amen. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Number five. It says, you cannot prosper working for someone you dislike. You cannot prosper when you are working for someone you dislike. It says, surely oppression maketh a wise man mad. You are wise, but if you feel you are oppressed working for someone, you will be mad. You will be a madman. He says, surely oppression maketh a mad, a wise man mad, and gift destroyeth the heart. Gift in this scripture means bribe. It destroys the heart. Amen. Amen. Taking bribe destroys the heart. Ecclesiastes 7, 7. Hallelujah. He said, it is painful experience to work for someone you dislike. And it's truly a joy to work for someone whose company and leadership you enjoy. Some of you, you dread to wake up on Monday morning. You are angry on Monday morning. It's not a good environment. You, you work for someone that you, as you are going, you are angry. Some of you, if we will hear some conversation that you have in your office, it will not be easy. We will not even think you are a Christian. You are always angry, lambasting and insulting because you are angry. You don't have any joy at your workplace. Amen. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Sometimes you find a good worker, but working for you, you... you the person is a good worker, but the heart is not with you. So you see, the person works very hard. You see the person, the person is a very hard-working person, but the heart is not for you. That person will never prosper in what he's doing. Amen. Amen. You see that you don't go far when you are like that. Amen. The next one, the last one, it says, you cannot prosper without a proper preparation. You cannot prosper without a proper preparation. Prepare thy work. Proverbs 24 and verse 27. Prepare thy work with, without and make it fit for thyself in the field and afterwards build thine house. Prepare thy work without and make it fit for thyself in the field. You have to prepare very well and make it fit before you build your house. You need a good preparation before you enter into the work, before you begin even to enjoy the work. Hallelujah. Some of you, you know, I know, I know some doctors and some nurses who do not do well because of poor preparation. They didn't prepare well. Amen. I know someone that I was in school with, and I said, you know, I will not even send my worst enemy to this person to treat because I know that there was a poor preparation. 
Do you understand? Some of you, you cheat throughout your school exams. Every exam you were cheating. Every exam you sought a way, some shortcut to pass. And then you are finished and you are not happy at the job. You don't know what you are doing and you are never happy. Amen. Some people are never happy at their jobs. Hallelujah. Because of poor preparation. Amen. The lack of preparation makes work a very difficult thing. When you don't prepare well, your job becomes very difficult. You dread going to work. You are always asking for a day off or looking for vacation. But you see, when you love your job, when you are good at what you do, you are happy going to work. True or not true? You are happy going to work. You are good at what you do. And it's not a problem at all. And you can work from morning to night. You see that you are going on. And then Sunday you come to church. And you are still happy. Amen. You see, those of you who are in jobs that you are not called to or you don't prepare well, you are not happy. Be honest with yourself. You are not happy. Because of poor preparation. Sometimes even you are given an assignment to prepare and you are going to have a presentation and you know that because of the poor preparation, you are not happy that they are going to have the presentation today. True or not true? You are going to take an exam that you are not prepared for. You are angry even that the professor says we are going to take an exam. You are angry. But the exam is part of what you are doing. But you are angry because of poor preparation. Hallelujah. Now, the last thing that I want to leave with you is that you ought to remember that to prosper in the work, you do not do only by making money. To prosper at your job does not involve just making money. But to prosper also involves enjoying doing it. Hallelujah. It is not only the money. You see, there are some people who make a lot of money, but they are not happy. They pay them a lot of money, but they are not happy. Hallelujah. So prosperity is not just making a lot of money, but it also involves having the joy to do it. Ecclesiastes chapter 5 and verse 18. The New Living Translation. Ecclesiastes 5 and verse 18. Ecclesiastes 5 and verse 18. It says, even so, I have noticed one thing, at least that is good. It is good for people to eat. Drink and enjoy their work under the sun during the short life God has given them and to accept their lot in life. He says it is good for people to do what? At least, at least. He says, I've noticed that it is good for people to eat and drink. Some of you, you are angry at the job you have worked and you have received a salary. And then you go to buy food to eat. Just from that money, you are angry at the money that you are spending to buy the food. Amen. You go to the restaurant and then they, you eat. I want this. I want that. Please, can I have this? Please, can I have that? I want this drink. And then when you finish and they bring you a bill, you are angry. But the Bible says it is good. It is good for people to eat and drink and enjoy the work of their labor. Enjoy their work under the sun during the short time that you are alive. 
Amen. Amen. It is good to enjoy your work and eat from your work. It is good to eat from your work. Please, enjoy to eat the fruit of your labor. This too is a blessing and a gift from God. To take some of the money and buy some good things to eat. It is too bad that you always eat in poor food. Cheap food. Spend some of the money that you have made and enjoy it. It's a blessing. I say it is a blessing. This one too is a blessing. There are some husbands, after your wife has come from the grocery, has made nice shopping, nice vegetables, expensive vegetables, organic, fruits, this and that, nice, very healthy looking. And then the first thing you take is you go and look at the receipts. And then you put a long receipt. And then you are angry at how much has been spent. It is good to enjoy the fruit of your labor. I say it is good to enjoy the fruit of your labor. You call your friend and tell him, ask for my wife. And uh, that is why I'm broke. Why you mean that you are broke? You are enjoying the fruit of your labor. Some of you, every lunch it is McDonald's, one dollar menu. One dollar menu. Give me fries, one dollar. Um, chicken hamburger or whatever. Um, give me drink, soda, one dollar. Every lunch. And then you say, give me ice cream, one dollar also. It is killing you. You see, you, you don't understand what I'm sharing with you. But it is killing you. Cheap food, it kills. I said cheap food, it kills. Enjoy the fruit of your labor. When you see a healthy restaurant, you say, hey, here is too expensive. Healthy restaurant, you say, here is too expensive. Let's go to Burger King. Let's go to McDonald's. At least four dollars, I will be full. Some of you who are shopping, you are doing your grocery in a 99 cent store. It is cheap. It's cheap food. Please enjoy the fruit of your labor. Let me finish my preaching. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 13. We are almost done with the preaching. We have some dedication. Ecclesiastes 3 13. He said, and people should eat and drink and enjoy the fruit of their labor. For these are gifts from God. Amen. 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 Eric, isn't that true? Yes. You have to eat well. Bless yourself with the fruit of your labor. That God has blessed you with money. Enjoy the fruit of... Yesterday I heard that the women enjoy themselves. With some good food. I was jealous. Holy jealousy. Those of you who didn't go, you ate, you ate palm nut soup and fufu and banku. And, is that the kind of food that you were eating over there? Healthy ones. Nice food. Wow, organic meat. Unadulterated meat. Wow. What a shock. Enjoy your enjoy the fruit of your labor. He said, and people, 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 you, you, you. Said to a neighbor, you, you. 
Say you are the people that God is talking about. Enjoy, enjoy. He says eat and drink and enjoy. Eat and drink and enjoy. May the Lord give you the ability to enjoy the fruit of your labor. May God give you the ability to enjoy. Take some of the money and enjoy it. That it will bring some peace in your home. In the name of Jesus. I see God taking you to a higher height. I see God lifting you up to a place where you enjoy your work. To a place where you enjoy the fruit of your labor. In the name of Jesus. Put your hands together for the Lord. Stand to your feet. And let's bring the service to a close. Enjoy your fruit, the fruit of your labor. That God has blessed you with. Enjoy. 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 Oh, yes. Lord, it is you who give it the increase. It is you who give it the power to make wealth. The power to get wealth is in the hand of God. Lord, help us to enjoy the fruit of our labor. In the name of Jesus. We are thankful and grateful to you this afternoon. In the name of Jesus. Draw me close to you. Oh, Jesus. Never let me go. Exalt your people, Lord. Father, let them walk in the calling. In the work into which you have called them Oh, Jesus. Bring them to that place. Where they will work in the right company. Father, that they shall not walk in the walk of sinners. They shall not stand in the way of the scornful. They shall not sit in the seat of the scornful. They shall not walk in the way of sinners. No one else. In the name of Jesus. No one else will deliver them, O God. Deliver them, O God. Deliver them from evil environments. Deliver them from wicked and unreasonable men. Deliver them. To yes. fill the world. That they shall enjoy the fruit of their labor. To fill that they shall the world. And, drink and enjoy the fruit of their labor. Help yes. me find. Help me find the way. Oh, yes. Lord, bring me back to you. Come on. Yes. You are I want. Angel, Lord, you're all I All I want to see you, Lord, you're I want. Help me know you more and more. Help me know you. All I want to see you, Lord. Help me know you more and more. Help me know you.
You are here this afternoon. You are not born again. You want to give your life to Jesus. Before even you can find your calling, you want to give your life to Jesus. He says there is still room at the cross. You are here this afternoon. You are not born again. You don't know Jesus as your savior. But it is your prayer that I want to come to Jesus. If that is you, you want to give your life to Christ this afternoon. Perhaps somebody invited you to church. But I want to announce to you that you are not here by chance. The God who made you and created you, he ordained your steps. And he ordered that you will be here today. Beloved, if you hear his voice today, do not harden your heart. You are here today, you want to give your life to Jesus. You want to be born again. You want to receive Christ into your life. Or perhaps you used to walk with God. You were on fire for Jesus, but now you feel very far away from Christ. And if you were to die today, you are not sure of where you are going. If that is your prayer, wherever you are, lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. With all eyes closed and every head bowed, you want to give your life to Jesus. Lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Wherever you are, just lift up your hand. Just lift up your right hand so I can see it and I'll pray with you wherever you are. You say, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to go to heaven if I were to die. If Jesus were to come today, I want to go with him. You can make that sure today. You can have that certainty by saying a very simple prayer. Anyone here like that? Lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Anyone here like that? Why don't you all join and say this after me? Say, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for dying for me. I am a sinner. I am a sinner. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. I believe you are the son of God. I believe you are the son of God. You died for my sins. You died for my sins. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. Wash me with your blood. Wash me with your blood. This afternoon. This afternoon. I welcome you. I welcome into you my life. Into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Lord. Be my master. Be my master. Be my savior. Be my savior. Please Jesus. Please Jesus. Write my name. Write my name in the book of life. In the book of life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For saving me. For saving me. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Why don't you clap for Jesus as you take your seat? Wonderful. We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.